The following program contains adult content. It is not suitable for anyone under the age of 18. This content is not safe for work. If you are a pearl clutcher, a prude, or a pious type, just don't listen. Welcome to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize that there are no nice guys. I am your host, Laura Coronado. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for tuning into There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. As I say in the intro, my name is Laura Coronado, and I am your host, and this is the season two finale, and I can't believe I'm already at the end of season two. Now, here it is, 2020 pandemic time, and I launched my first ever podcast, and I've already gone through season one. I've already gone through season two now. And I'm amazed. Um, It has been quite a challenging and even a cumbersome experience. I'm not going to lie. But it's also been cathartic. And I have no regrets. I have not yet decided if I definitely want to bring back this podcast for season three. If I do, it will be next year. But I'm still thinking about it. We'll see what happens. I have time, but I would like to take the rest of the year off. And so I am ending this season with an interview with my mother. Because, you know, during a pandemic and being single and going through this shit alone, I mean, there's no love like your mother's love. So if you're in need of a little motherly love, motherly advice, motherly insight, please continue to listen as I talk to my mother about what it was like to be single in her day, what it's like to be single in mine, her perspective, her insight, what she thinks about what I'm going through and what concerns her and what she's worried about. So keep listening as I interview Mother. You're listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, sex, and what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys. This is the season two finale of um, the season, and I thought it would be fun to bring in my mother, because if you follow me on Twitter at Lolly Shopping, that's my personal one, or if you follow me at No Nice Guys. Um, you'll see that every now and then I talk about my mother. I, I share advice that she's given me or something funny she said or a conversation we had. And um, on Twitter, I get lots of, I love your mother. And if you've ever eaten her salsa, I also get, I love your mother. So I brought in mother because I thought, what better way to end the season than with advice from my mother. Mother, thank you for being on my show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited and a little nervous. (laughs) Well, I promise not to make you talk about anything too personal. All right. So you won't embarrass me. Um, I can't promise I won't embarrass (laughs) you because I know I embarrass you when we're not on the show. So I probably will embarrass you. Now, I know you haven't listened to every single episode of my podcast. Although I think you should have, but you haven't. I realize that. But what do you think in terms of me? launching this podcast. What did you think when I told you, hey, I'm going to launch a podcast and I'm going to talk about my sex life? Well, I listened not to everyone because yes, it is a little embarrassing. (laughs) I love you unconditionally. I respect you. I think you're very smart and uh, you really surprised me. Your podcast uh, is wonderful, you know, very professional. I shouldn't be say I'm surprised because I've always known you're very intelligent, but I am very proud of you. Aw, thanks, Mom. You're not just a little embarrassed, though? Oh, just a tad. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bitty bit. Well, before I get into picking your brains for advice, I want to know, based on the title of this podcast, are there any more nice guys, Mother? 
Yes, but they're either gay, married, or dead. <laughs> well, then there I go. Well, then that brings us to the end of the show, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice being here. <laughs> well, you know, and I've told you this, that the real reason I named the show There Are No Nice Guys is not because I don't actually think there aren't nice guys. In fact, I've been talking to a nice guy who's your neighbor. Oh, I see. Yeah, and he's a nice guy, um, but, but he just hasn't really we just haven't clicked there just hasn't been a spark so I I of course do believe that there are nice men in the world I've been speaking to one and getting to know one but there the idea of the nice guy is a trope Um, it's kind of a scam and it's misleading and I I just want us to get rid of all of these sort of stereotypes we have with men and women and just sort of get to know each other individually so you know that they're nice guys like your neighbor like he's he's Mm -hmm. a nice guy right but you have to uh remember uh, you know he can be a nice guy but he's not going to be perfect yeah and who is right Right. i'm not perfect either you know um but yeah of course there are nice guys but um you i know you've worried in the past because you've told me about how open I am and open with my sexuality, um, being bold, being transparent, saying fuck a lot on social media. <gasps> I know, right? <laughs> you told me. Um, you know, you're from a completely different generation, okay, boomer generation, mm-hmm. uh, me being a Gen Xer, and you're not from a generation where women are as outspoken as I am. That's correct. It's a, a woman it, had to keep her place. Yeah, it was a, it's a rarity. But I know I've worried you, you know, what is your take on it when you when you know and you see and you hear me be so outspoken, so bold, so brash, so honest, so unedited? The old school me is a little shocked, a little embarrassed. And uh, deep, but deep down inside, um, I'm going, yes, (laughs) I'm very proud that you're able to do and say a lot of things that I would never have done at your age or even younger. But, you know, you yourself, I mean, even though you come from a boomer generation, you come from the generation of hippies. You come from a generation of protesters. We have protesting going on today. Your generation set the bar on protesting. And you yourself have marched. Yes, I have. And uh, if my health allowed it, I would be out there marching and protesting right now. I was kind of a late bloomer. I did protest and I did march. But as far as the sight that comes out in you, that didn't happen to me until, you know, later on, like 20 years later. That's why I'm so proud of you that you were, you've always been yourself Mm -hmm. from day one. It's not something just happened Last year or last decade, mm-hmm. you've always been your own person. But I certainly grew up in a household where I was given permission right, to be my own person, even though we both come from a culture, Mexicanos, where we really, as women, were not given permission right. to be ourselves. I, wanted, I, I didn't want you growing up the way I did. I wanted you to be able to come to me, you and your sister, and talk to me about anything, no matter how shocking it was. Mm-hmm. Whereas your father was, if it's shocking, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, look at how I didn't launch this podcast until after right. Dad passed away, right? <laughs> May I he mean, rest in peace. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like he would not have approved of this at all. But, um, you know, our culture with Mexicanos, uh, women really aren't given permission, support to be as chingona as I am, to be as outspoken, as badass. Um, however, there were women who were, and one of them was my grandma, Camila, your grandma, Camila. I think you are reincarnated, Camila. <laughs> <laughs> so tell tell us, tell me more about grandma Camila and how you know it came to be when I was in my 40s that you kind of start, started to see this connection. Well, uh, from what I know, a little bit of the, the family history, she was ahead of her times. Uh, her name was whispered mm-hmm. among the, uh, you know, the family and friends because uh, she had several men in her life. Mm-hmm. And women didn't do that back then. She had children by three or four different men. Uh-huh. 
you know, my mother carried the last name of Hernandez. Uh, and uh, she says that could not have been her father because he died three years before she oh, was born. Wow. wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, she did have a, she had two different families. She had a family and when they were grown, she must have had another man in her life and uh, had another set of family. But years later, as my mother recalls, two of her older sons left home when they found out that their father was not their father. Oh. And they took the name of the man that was their father. Oh, wow. So she was way ahead of her time, although she was a very good person. And I believe that somebody somewhere along the way, more than one person made her feel guilty mm-hmm. for the way she lived. Mm-hmm. In her later years, she walked w- almost a mile to church every morning. Wow. And a mile back. She would not let anybody give her a ride. And she did this even up into her 90s. She died at 114. Wow. And she was no longer doing this. But I do believe she was doing penance. Mm. So you know that I'm not going to be walking my ass to a church when I'm old. I no. will not be <laughs> paying any kind of penance for it. I think that's why Grandma <laughs> did it. She knew you were coming. <laughs> She's paying penance for all of us. And she also, that's where you got your green eyes. Ah, Camila had green yes, eyes. Yes, she had very beautiful green eyes. Wow. So then when I came out with green eyes, were you like, oh, there's the whore in the family. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have her bosom. <laughs> and I have her bosom. And when I was a little girl, I didn't wear like wearing clothes, from what I understand. Wasn't I always taking that's my right. clothes off? <laughs> I know you say you're proud of me and I believe that you are, but I know that you also worry. So me living single and right now it's a pandemic and you know, I'm not going out or anything. Um, but when I have gone out, I mean, what, what worries you today in today's world about me being single or about single women in general? Well, I know you're smart. I know you can take care of yourself, but there are men out there still it might have happened in my day and before, but I think it still goes on that uh, have, you know, that do not have good intentions yeah. and that are also still very antiquated. They see you having a good time. They see you out by yourself and they go, oh, well, she's after something, which maybe you are, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you hold the cards and they don't see it that way. So I worry about men like this, you know, taking advantage mm-hmm. of you and also if you reject a man, some men can't handle rejection and they may want to get even. It is really bad nowadays with men and rejection. I don't, have you heard of the term incel? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it means. It's like um, it's like involuntary celibate. And they took the two words. So they took the in from involuntary and they took the CEL from celibate. And incel is someone who's involuntary celibate. So you have a lot of anger. And they're usually white men. Um, not always, but I would... In, in my studies, my personal studies show, it's probably a majority of incels are white men. And they're like the angry white guy who can't get laid. Mm-hmm. And they do get really ugly and nasty when they're rejected. Um, so it can get bad nowadays. But I don't feel like that's been any different than it was when you were single in the 80s. Haven't you had your own you know, experiences when you rejected men in the 80s when you were single and... Well, uh, I, I really don't think it was that, that different if I, you know, I hate to say it, but I was a little shallow Mm -hmm. and if I didn't like the way a guy looked, if he asked me to dance, I just said no, you know, and, uh, I remember one time I asked this gentleman after your father and I, you know, split up, I went dancing with the country Western dancing with a girlfriend and this young man asked me to dance and I said no. And uh, later on, he came and asked my girlfriend to dance as she danced with him. They Mm -hmm. were sitting together with me. And I saw this young man that looked like somebody I knew from Austin. And Mm -hmm. I told her, I said, look at that guy. He looks just like so-and-so. And she said, well, go ask him to dance. I said, no. And the gentleman, I'll call him Abel, that asked her to dance and that I declined. 
turns to me and he says, why can't you ask him to dance? I said, what if he says no? Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, and he said, well, what would happen? I said, I would just die. And he said, you turned me down and I didn't die. Aww. And I felt so small. <laughs> you know. And, they, at, at, and from there on, I thought, I don't care what a guy looks like. If uh-huh. he's not drunk, I'm going to go ahead and dance with him. Aww. You know, but you know, guys took rejection pretty good back then, really? I think. Yeah. So it's just like nowadays that it's gotten really ugly. I think so. I think so. So, well, that brings me to the next question I was going to ask you because I feel like you're, you've kind of answered that is, you know, I was there living with you when you were single in the 80s after you and dad divorced. And I heard the stories, the complaints between you, your girlfriends and whatever. And when I think about what it's like nowadays, I really don't see much of a difference between being single in 1980 and being single in 2020. Now, everyone else disagrees. All of my friends say being single nowadays is worse. It's harder. Online dating's made it harder. Men are angrier, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like it hasn't changed. So you were single in the 80s. You see what it's like to be single for me now. What do you think? Do you think there's a big difference? Well, I I think that when I was single, the poor guys had it so hard because they had to, they had to work so hard. Uh, I never ever ever paid for a drink when mm-hmm. I went nightclubbing except mm-hmm. the first one, mm-hmm. and then from there on, I never paid for drinks. And yet, these guys that were buying me drinks never got to dance with me. Some of them mm-hmm. did, some mm-hmm. didn't. And uh, some of them sat by me and just watched me dance with other guys, you know, <laughs> and bought me drinks, you know. And uh, but now I guess it's it is hard on the gentleman that you date or that you go out with. <laughs> you because make it sound like it's me. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, your generation, because y'all are so strong and so independent and I think it kind of scares a guy a little bit more than the scared ones in my era. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're saying. So you think it's because there are more of us women who are strong, independent, um, financially secure, successful. You know, we're at a point where we don't need men. We really right. are. That that's actually that's what's made it harder in dating is because women today's woman doesn't need a man. I think so. Uh, back in my day, it was a competition ar- among the men. There uh-huh. were there were a lot of men. A woman could really pick. Uh-huh. And now I don't think there's that many, and I think it kind of scares them that little. So little. I honestly think there actually are a lot of single are men. There? there really are. Um, however, none, I shouldn't say none. Oh my gosh, I totally just said that. Um, a lot of them aren't worth picking. A lot of them aren't worth choosing. So maybe in the 80s, men were just good men that were worth dating, that were worth dancing with that were worth, you know, spending time with and getting to know. Maybe there was more good men out there, and today there's just less good men, I guess? I think so, because I believe so, because back then men were, I don't want to say naive, Uh but a little bit, Uh a little bit. A lot of them had the little boy quality. Oh, but I don't really like that little boy quality at all. I (laughs) did. Well, you're very motherly and I'm very not. <laughs> so, um, Okay, so I hope this doesn't embarrass you because it's just the it truth. <laughs> it's just the truth. But this is about you. You've been married four times. Four is a lot. Well, yes, but... Four is like Elizabeth Taylor. I wanted to practice. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm assuming and hoping this last one, this latest one, this is, is your last one. Like, this is it. I love Papa. I love my stepfather. He's the only stepfather I've had that I've actually felt like is, one, a stepfather, because I never felt like the other ones really were stepfathers. And two, that is a father, that is a family, that is my relative, that is, you know, even like if you were to pass away before him, I would not sever my connections with him. Like, oh, well, my mother's gone, so now you're not my... No, he's still my stepdad. He's still my father. Um. So, you know, he's important. So you've chosen well in your in this final fourth marriage. Um, but that leads me to believe and understand that you are probably very experienced when it comes to divorce. Yeah. Bouncing back. <laughs> it, is, it is a little embarrassing to say I've been married four times and divorced three. 
but uh, it's just the, it was the part of me, I guess, that was a rebel because if I didn't, if I wasn't happy, I was eventually going to get out of the situation, and that's important, you know. And uh, I didn't have that fifties mentality that you know, till death do us part, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I don't think it was good for me, and it certainly wasn't good for the other person. It might have been death that tore us apart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had a stage, you know. So not really, you know, but uh, I just couldn't be miserable. You know, uh, if I was going to be miserable, I'd rather be miserable by myself. Exactly. That's how I felt when I left my ex-husband is what those last two years when I just knew that he just didn't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, why the fuck would I stick around? That just doesn't make any sense. And it's like you said, it's like, I, if I'm going to be miserable, then I'd rather just be alone. That's right. And this time, it was 18 years before I even considered getting married again, you know, with Papa. <laughs> and, and I don't have to tell you, he's a very good person. And as you and I both know, my father, you know, <laughs> sent me that message. He yes. said number four. Yeah. And I knew what he meant. You know, I mean, now I know what he means. It's that number four is going to be the real one. So listeners, whoever's listening, um, I had a dream. Um, and this is when my mother was single. So after her third divorce prior to marry my papa now, my stepfather now. And um, I, my, my grandfather, my mother's father came to me in a dream and said, tell your mother the number is four and he said it in very clear english which he could speak spanish and english but he spoke to me in english and he said he said it in a very uh not stern but almost like uh he was ordering me tell Mm -hmm. your mother the number is four so the next day i called mother immediately and i was like grandpa came to me in dream and said to tell you the number is four and i don't know what the fuck he's talking about and at that time, you know, we had some suicides in our family and you were mm-hmm. thinking, you know, and they were nephews. There's always nephews for some mm-hmm. reason who seem to either OD or commit suicide. And you were thinking that there was going to be a fourth nephew. Mm-hmm. But now we realize it was a fourth marriage. And I ca- I've always wondered, and I don't know if you would remember this, but during that time, like, you know, I felt like grandpa came to me and was answering you. So I can't help but think that if you were in some sort of turmoil if you were in you know just feeling some sort of emotion and and if you did you say aloud at one point how many times am I going to be married before it finally is right how many times did you know did you ever have about that but you know you're you're right uh you could be right I was going through a period where I didn't want to ever marry again Mm -hmm. I didn't need a man in my life Mm -hmm. and at this time I was feeling like I did want a man in my life, but I certainly would never admit it to anybody. Mm-hmm. It was hard admitting it to myself, mm-hmm. you know. And so I did a lot of soul searching, and I talked to God, and I asked him, you know, can you bring me a good man, mm-hmm. you know, in my life? You know, I think it's time, you know. Can I, is there a good, like, well, is there a nice guy, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I just, I quit searching because I didn't know where to look. I didn't want to go bar hopping at my age, yeah. you know. And uh, sure enough, he li- literally just walked into my life. Mm-hmm. Number four. Yeah, <laughs> number four. And he's around and he's here to stay. You know, we've talked about how you don't want to stay in a relationship that is just not serving you any kind of love, that's making you miserable. And as we go through this pandemic, and I've I've talked about this all throughout the season of this podcast, that there's just nothing but breakups happening right now. I mean, I do Mm -hmm. suspect a baby boom, and I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be so cute. But there really are a lot of breakups happening. Um, I cover that um, this season. You know, I talk about someone who's breaking up during a pandemic. That includes divorces. Do you have any advice for women who are breaking up right now her going through that like what's your advice to the woman who's about to especially women you know in their mid-30s late 30s 40s like me like what is your advice to that woman who's like holy shit you know I've been in this relationship for so long and now I'm going to exit it and what is that going to be like for me how does she find her new self discover her new self how does she find happiness again as a single woman well I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, so I can't tell you what to do 
but I can tell you what not to do, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, it's it was very scary for me, the first divorce. In the marriage, when uh, your father and I would talk, would, when, when we'd have an argument, and mm-hmm. he would say, you know, this, this, and this. And I would say, but I do love you. I do want to work on this. I do want us to stay together. Mm -hmm. But in reality, none of these words were coming out of my mouth. They were just in my head, in my heart. I did not have good communication skills. And that's the key. Mm -hmm. You know, I blamed him. I felt it was all his fault. And looking back, I realized that, and it's hard to say, Mm -hmm. it wasn't all his fault. I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know, not just... You know, with him, but, you know, in the marriage as a mother and everything. And it's all because I was so influenced by, you know, television, by movies. You Mm -hmm. know, I was, you know, this is all I had growing up, Mm -hmm. you know, as a kid. And, uh, you know, and and, uh, society, you know, Mm -hmm. the people around me. And uh, I did a lot of of things wrong instead of a lot of things right. Mm -hmm. I thought my husband was supposed to be like Rock Hudson Mm -hmm. and romance me all the time like he did with Doris Day. Wait, wait, wasn't Rock Hudson gay? Well, not in the (laughs) movies. (laughs) Not in the movies. He was the perfect husband. (laughs) And, uh, And then, you know, it's, and I was always being the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. and I expected my knight in shining armor to come rescue me, Mm -hmm. you know, but it works both ways. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't just, it can't always just be him, you know, rescuing you because men have feelings too. My father was a very strong man, you know, and I never saw my father being weak Mm -hmm. and I expected my husband to be that way. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure my father had his weak moments and maybe cried inside, you know. And uh, by himself and all, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I just had this certain picture. I was next to the last of 10 kids, mm-hmm. and maybe I didn't see him when he was going through pain, when mm-hmm. he was going through a difficult time. And after that, you know, I, after my first divorce, well, I didn't learn. You know, when mm-hmm. going through through the divorce and being by myself was very scary because I went from my parents to my husband. Mm-hmm. I was used to somebody taking care of me, somebody handling the money, somebody making the decisions. Mm-hmm. I just did what I was told mm-hmm. because I thought that's the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So when I lived on my own, it was like, oh my God, what do I do? And I didn't learn to handle money really. Yeah, It took me years yeah. to learn to handle money mm-hmm. because I go out shopping first mm. before yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. finally I could mm-hmm. you know and uh, I didn't I didn't handle that very well mm-hmm. you know so you really really have to communicate mm-hmm. you know and listen the mm-hmm. biggest part of communicating is listening yeah I had a once I started dating I had this friend tell me this boyfriend he said you know what I like the most about you and I blushed because he might have said that but his eyes were on the my chest <laughs> and I blushed and I said what and he said you're such a good listener oh. and I thought oh wow what a compliment mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so I think I've kind of learned that you know now with my with my husband uh, my present and last husband mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. is that when he's listening I mean when he's talking I listen to him although sometimes my mind wanders <laughs> <laughs> but I try to listen to him because it makes him feel good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it makes me feel good to know that he feels good. I've noticed that about you, actually, when we sit around the dinner table and Papa's talking. Wonders. No, I've noticed that you actually listen, or at least you quiet down, yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, she's not interrupting him at all. <laughs> she's letting him finish his own sentences. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I help him. <laughs> no, but, but I've learned. I know one time, I don't remember what happened. He said something to me. And later on, you said, I can't believe you didn't say something back to what Papa said. I don't recall what it was. It wasn't big. But I've learned when to say things and when not to. Uh uh Because if he's hurting or, you know, just, Mm -hmm. you know, something that might hurt his feelings, Mm -hmm. I won't say it. I might say later. Yeah. You know, remember this, this and this. You know, I felt this or that. And he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I didn't know you felt that So you choose your timing when you talk to him. Right. Like if he's... It's feeling sensitive. You're not going to at that point nag him. Right. You wait until another time to then say, hey, th- this is what I'm feeling and this is what I'm thinking and I want you mm-hmm. to know. Yes, because I've learned that 
uh, the relationship, it's not all about poor little me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've learned to listen to him and, and to be understanding. And and timing, like I said, especially timing, this is not the time to talk to him about this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's more receptive when I pick, when I pick the right time. Mm-hmm. Do you think that men are actually more sensitive than women are and men are actually more emotional than women are? And I think they are. I think so too. I think they are. I feel like, you know, even when I'm having like my worst PMS can't compare to a man when he's oh, having a good I day. Know. Or when he's having a bad day. Oh, when he's know. having a bad day, it's even worse. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like even when he's having a good day, he's super emotional and, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like we have PMS, you've given birth, you've carried babies inside you. <laughs> And we're still expected to keep our shit together yeah. and keep our emotions in line and not express too much because God forbid we'd be like nagging or crying mm-hmm. or showing emotion. But I feel like men are so much more sensitive than we are. I think so too. And, uh, you know, when, when my, you know, uh, Papa's very good, he's wonderful. He really is the nicest man next to my father that mm-hmm. I've ever known. Mm-hmm. But when uh, when we do have little fights or whatever, mm-hmm. I know not to say anything, mm-hmm. you know, certain times because he doesn't really get that mad, yeah. but mad for him. Yeah. You know, it's better if I don't say anything and I'll just let him fume. Mm-hmm. And then later on, not even half an hour, he'll come back later. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I shouldn't I shouldn't be that way with you. You're so good to me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, boy, do I have him fooled. <laughs> 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 but that's that's the reward. Yeah. Is that. He appreciates me and he makes me feel like I've never felt before. Aww. I've never, I've never felt like I'm really, I was really that wonderful. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can be a little biatch, <laughs> <laughs> have been in the past. Mm-hmm. So for him to tell me that I'm so wonderful mm-hmm. and that I really make him feel good. Mm-hmm. He gave me a very high compliment one time. Uh, I, I don't know what it was. It's a couple of years ago and he kind of slipped because he was a widower when I met him and mm-hmm. he has never, ever had anything bad to say about his wife yeah. and neither do I because mm-hmm. I never met her you yeah. know she was a good wife to him and a good mother to mm-hmm. the children mm-hmm. and he said and I was loving on him you know just you know when we get into bed we snuggle and I like to kiss his ears and his back his shoulder mm-hmm. and he said and he just smiles like a little kid real mm-hmm. big and he said he says you make me feel so good he says I've never been l-. and he kind of paused and I go what is nothing and I said and I told him sweetie it's okay if you say I've never been loved like this mm-hmm. I said because when you married Gracie you know she was just a little girl you were both kids and yeah. you learned together yeah I'm a mature woman you know I've already been through a lot and everything you know mm-hmm. so not that I've learned everything but you know I'm still learning mm-hmm. but I, I learned a few more things I had the opportunity opportunity to learn a few more things that she did because she went I think something like 11 or 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, and so he kind of, they kind of grew up together because Mm -hmm. they were both in their teens, in their late teens when they got married. Mm -hmm. You said there was an 18 year gap when you were single between your third marriage and with Papa. Mm -hmm. So in that 18 year gap, do you feel like you really grew into yourself as an independent woman? Because I feel like when Papa came around, I almost feel like he came at a time when you were completely independent, mm-hmm. completely self-reliant, completely in this mindset of, I don't need a man. Mm-hmm. And if anything, it almost seems like that attracted Papa to you that much more. I mean, he was attracted to you uh-huh. because you were so independent and self-reliant. And so in I don't need a man mode, like how does a woman, like if a woman is listening now and she feels like she's so reliant on her husband, she's scared to leave her marriage. She doesn't know what um, being solo, being single is like for her. Like, how did you come into yourself? How did you come into that level of confidence and self-reliance? Well, after my last divorce, once I recovered from the, uh, you know, from the the hard part, mm-hmm. I just, I felt so good. I, I felt good about my age. Mm-hmm. I, I look good for my age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, you know, independent uh, I did a lot of things that I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to uh, Egypt with a friend mm-hmm. and I had never even been out of Texas. Mm-hmm. But I learned to handle my life problems myself, mm-hmm. my money, etc. And uh, I also went 
uh, to counseling. And ah. that was the best thing that I ever did for myself. Uh-huh. I was scared to go because I thought they're going to find out I'm crazy and they're going to lock me mm-hmm. up and throw away the key. Mm-hmm. But instead, I found out it was the rest of the world that was crazy, <laughs> not me. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel very good about myself. Mm-hmm. I think every woman should do it. Even women that say, oh, but I don't need counseling. Mm-hmm. We all do because it makes you appreciate who you are. Yeah. And uh, so when I met Papa, I didn't need a man in my life. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, or like I said, I was starting go- to go through that period. But, mm-hmm. you know, like a couple of years before that, I didn't need a man in my life. I felt very good. I had boyfriends, but then after a while, I thought, mm, I don't need him. And I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd get rid of him yeah. because... I just, you know, they just kind of got under my skin. They would annoy you. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so when I met him, I even warned him. Mm -hmm. I told him I'm used to being by myself. Mm -hmm. I'm set in my ways, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I don't think that it it could work out. And he said, well, we'll learn to get, you know, we'll learn about each other Mm -hmm. and we'll make it work out. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it was a challenge for him or what, <laughs> <laughs> but he broke down my walls when he told me that he loved me. And I kept saying, you need to be sure. And he said, he took my hand, my face in his hands mm-hmm. <laughs> and he looked at me. He said, look at me, look at me. He said, you're not going to hurt anymore. Aww. And that's what melted my heart mm-hmm. and melted and broke down the walls, you know. And he's right. Yes, I have. Because, you know, being a woman, you know, I have cried a couple of times, but not nothing like I used to cry, you know. Yeah. And and I'm happy. I'm happy every day, not Mm -hmm. just part of the time. I'm always happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I said, it's just uh, I've had to do things differently with him, Mm -hmm. but it's okay. I've had to learn. He's also a person. He also hurts. Mm -hmm. And the first time, because we did have a few problems in the beginning, but it was me. Because I was scared. I, I was looking for all the things that he did wrong instead of looking for all the good. Mm. So any little thing, I thought, ah, this is my chance to get out. Yeah. You know, I'm before it gets worse. Yeah. Stick him at the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know I did that one time? And I know you did. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> now we laugh about it, you know. But I was just so scared. Mm. I was so scared of the same thing happening all over again. Now that you talk about that, because so that brings me to how you often seem to worry that I'm too hard on men. Do you worry about me falling into any sort of patterns that you've fallen into before? Are you projecting your own fears that you had for yourself like I mean do you really think I'm that hard on men uh be honest <laughs> yes I do <laughs> really but I you, do but I, I tell you about these men mother how can you think that I'm being so, aren't you think like when I tell you about the, the guy old school me when I tell you about the guy who I went on a date with and how we were sitting at the bar and then he turned his back on me to talk to the women next to him on his left and I was on his right. Like, how can you think, Mijita's too hard on men? When really, I just, I just gave you an example of a piece of shit. Well, no, that, you just have to kick to the curb, you know. That's not a man, What's that's an, an example idiot. where I've been too hard on a man? Because, I mean, my, the way that I am with men is based on that kind of experience. And I've had multiple experiences like that. So, well, no, you don't take something like that. But another man that... That um, I'm thinking of a certain Don't person. Don't say any I names. Won't mention any <laughs> names. <laughs> but other men that are good but not perfect, you know, it's, I don't know. I just uh, you're not thinking of Air Force man, are you? No. Okay, because you yeah. seem to have a soft spot for him. But I did like yeah, him. Yeah, but he's married with children. <laughs> well, that's okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but you didn't know that for a fact. You just assumed. No, no, he did tell me he you was told married. He was married, yeah, but he that was they're married. separated. Yeah, but come on, he's full of shit. He is well, full of be. shit. Men are full of shit. He was full of shit when he said that. I'm sure that they're together. I bet you that they live separately because his. Air Force job was in one state, and then well, his wife probably chose right. to see in the other. But did he ever tell his wife, "Hey, by the way, we're separated"? Like I bet in her head, they weren't separated. 
You're probably You know men do that. And that's why I'm so hard on men because of this type of bullshit. Like I just feel like men are, are, are full of shit and I'm as hard as I am, it really is a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good because it's the old school me that feels that way. But then there's the part of me that wants you to not take anything like yeah. that. You yeah. know? And that I'm, that's why I tell you, I'm proud of you. Though I'm proud of the way that you are. Mm-hmm. Because li- like you said, yeah, I sometimes I worry that you're going to make the same mistakes I did. Yeah. Or that your sister was. I worried more about your sister. <laughs> yeah, I'd worry more about my sister too. <laughs> she may not be proud, but before <laughs> she married her husband, I felt like she was more like me than you oh, are. Oh, because she did have that first husband mm-hmm, that, was that she seemed rather submissive to mm-hmm. when really my sister is even more uh, hard-headed, stronger, hot-tempered than I am. And yet, all of a sudden, this one dude just turned her into this very submissive, subdued Uh woman. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So you were worried that she was going to roll over and take his shit. Yeah, so so when she left him, I was just so proud, so proud of her. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I think my worries were more about her than you. And now, you know, I'm Mm. thankful that she's in a good marriage. Oh, yeah. And uh, that she's got the guy that she does, you Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And... And someday, I think I want the same for you. I don't know. I don't know if you'd be happier by yourself or you'd be happier with someone in your life. Well, that's actually one of my questions on my list here. Is it so bad if I'm alone for the rest of my life? No, I don't think so. If that's what makes you happy, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that because you can come and go as you please. Mm -hmm. If you want a man in your life, you can bring a man into Mm -hmm. your life. And then I can get rid of him. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then you can get rid of him if you don't want him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, or even if you chose a man that travels and is home only 30 days out of Mm -hmm. the year, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. something like that, you know, but I think you could make a marriage like that work. Yeah. I think I could too. Or a long distance kind of marriage or that kind of thing. Um, I mean, nowadays it, and I would imagine in the future it's going to be even easier for a woman just to be alone. I mean, look at how I'm trying to buy a house by mm-hmm. myself. You know, I mean, we really are in a day and age where you seriously do not need a man. No. And um, and I think that's why I feel like the uh, pick the pickings are slim out there when it comes to men because, as you just said, that you feel like men are intimidated by that fact that they're not necessary. And it's not that men aren't not necessary; they're not necessarily. They're not necessary financially because mm-hmm. there was a time when women had to depend on a man to support her financially. They're not necessary anymore when it comes to having children because women mm-hmm. really can do that on right. their own. You can buy sperm. Um, but they're still necessary individuals. And if women who women have always been treated as second class citizens in this country, mm-hmm. we figured out how to be loud and proud and demand that we be seen as necessary. Why can't men do the same and just understand that their value should not and does not need to lie in only financial support and in um, providing children, that they need to find other ways to be necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, you know, it would be nice. Don't think I don't ever fantasize about having a boyfriend during this pandemic. Well, it's maybe you been should difficult. broaden your horizons. Have you checked in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Australian men are hot. I would totally go for that. Um, but, you know, with the pandemic... Or Italy. <laughs> with the pandemic right now, it's hard because I don't want to meet men. Mm-hmm, right. um, just so you this know, I don't know if you realize this, that I have sacrificed my sex life for you. I love you so much. <laughs> Are you talking to me or to me? To you. Aww. Because, you know, it's there's a pandemic going on. If I were to be hooking up with guys on Tinder, mm-hmm. I couldn't come see you and Papa and step inside and the house well, I appreciate and sit at the dinner much. table. And I, you and I even kiss on the lips now, you know, that we feel safe doing mm-hmm. that now. Um, I, I can't have my random sex life that I had before and then you know, come spend time with my parents. Oh, mother. Oh, you're so sweet. I love you. you. Um, yeah. So I told my realtor that, you know, cause my realtor is also my friend and I was like, yeah, I've not, you know, had a sex life cause I want to be able to spend time with my parents. And she, and she just stops and pause and she's wearing her mask, but I knew her jaw dropped. <laughs> she goes, you must really love your parents. <laughs> and I was like, I do. Well, I love I my really, parents. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I'm keeping you guys safe. 
Um, but I, I do sometimes ache and long for yeah. a boyfriend, not necessarily a husband. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want a man living in my space. I know. And see, the longer you are by yourself, the longer you're single, the harder oh, that gets yeah. because those are the little things that annoy me. Like I'm so used to having my own space and everything, you know. And the price to pay is not too high, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, like for example, before we came over here, when I'm getting dressed, I l- I love to be alone, you know. Uh, yeah. Get my makeup and everything. Yeah, it's my fun. Scattered. And when I go up to dress, Papa says, "I'll be up there with you in just a minute. Oh God. <laughs> Take your time." And then he's there, and then he's doing this and doing that, and then he looks at me, and goes, "You want me to go to the other room, don't you?" <laughs> you know. Go, well, if you don't mind. <laughs> But there's something about having your privacy, mm-hmm. you know, at your space. You and know. your thoughts. Yes. And playing with your makeup. Mm-hmm. And sometimes and you, put on, and you put on the brown eyeshadow and then you're like, mm, I don't think I want the brown eyeshadow after all. I want to do a different eyeshadow. And I'm going to try the pink. And you don't want a man <laughs> sitting there next to you telling you that looks good. Yeah. Or like, no, I want to change my eyeshadow just because I want to change my eyeshadow or I want to. I want to take two hours to get ready. You know, this is my alone time. You know, I want to soak in the tub or whatever. Oh, I miss that. I miss my bubble baths. (laughs) Aww. See? I'm going to have to try that. (laughs) He doesn't want me taking one because he's afraid I might slip and fall. Aww. (laughs) Well, you should get one of those little alerts that you can wear around (laughs) your neck. And then you can just (laughs) holler for him. But yeah, the the longer I spend time alone, the more I do feel like I just don't want to. Sh- it's like I want a man, but I don't want to share a space with him. You know what? I think it's a good idea. And my second husband and I, I think the marriage lasted the two years because I did that. Otherwise, it might have lasted just a year. Mm-hmm. But uh, separate rooms. You can sleep in one, but have separate rooms because you need your space. So my husband and I had did that we had separate bathrooms and we he had his room and then I had my room and then yeah mm-hmm. we shared a master bedroom it still didn't save our marriage yeah yeah and I I tried so many different things and so I tried that I tried blue apron where you have um food delivered to you and then you cook the meal together mm-hmm. I thought that would save our marriage yeah that didn't save our marriage either so but I do like the idea of separate spaces anyway um I don't know that necessarily it's going to save a marriage but I think it's it's good for a marriage and I really like how Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera did it where they had they each had like their own it was like a skinny townhouse type of thing mm-hmm. and then they had like a bridge between the two houses oh yes yeah i think that would be good for me i need a i need a diego rivera in my life well <laughs> you know there was this couple in austin years ago i think you were little at the time but it made the front page and it there's this older couple that uh couldn't get along so they got a divorce and uh, he ended up buying the lot next door. Oh. You know, well, I think he did that before they divorced. He oh, moved okay. out. Uh-huh. And uh, he moved in next door. But back then, the houses had a lot of space in between them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like almost a lot. Yeah. So he'd be out there mowing his lawn, and he would see her grass needed mowing. So he'd just, you know, wander over and mow her grass. Mm-hmm. So then after a while, she'd, you know, bring him out a cup of coffee and everything. So long story short, they... We're getting along fine, so mm-hmm. they ended up getting married again. Aww. But he stayed in his house, and she stayed in hers, and he put up a sign that his and hers. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. So it worked out for them. Yeah. So I think whatever works out for each person, yeah. you know, is what you need to do. Well, maybe that's what I'll end up doing. <laughs> <laughs> and put a bridge across the way. As we talk about romance and marriage and love and, you know, putting bridges between houses, what is your wish for me in terms of romance and love? And it's okay if it's something completely different than you think I want for myself. But what does my mother want for me? I can't think of anything different than what you're doing me, uh-huh. huh? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't want you to be the excellent cook that I am because mm-hmm. you're not a person <laughs> that uh, likes to spend time in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't change. I can't say I'd change anything about you, you know. You know, I just want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm excited about you buying your new house and mm-hmm. everything. And mm-hmm. I want to help you in any way that I can, oh. whether it's packing up stuff or, you know, helping you move stuff, you know. But truthfully, I can't say, well, I wish you'd get married and yeah, have yeah. children yeah. or or I wish you'd, you know, do this or that. At one time, I wanted you to continue 
you know, on your education. And I think that's just because that was your father's dream. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I don't see that you need, you know, another degree, you mm-hmm. know, or anything, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing quite well at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're happy at work yeah. and happy in your life. Yeah. That's all that matters. And, and I love that you make time for Papa and I in your life mm-hmm. and that you come and see us. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, I couldn't ask for more. Oh, thank you, Mother. Thank you. Well, I'm going to go to wrap up the show then. So did you enjoy this interview? I did. It didn't hurt half as much as I thought it was. It wasn't was. as embarrassing <laughs> as you thought it was going to no, be, was it? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't talk about my pussy once. <laughs> <laughs> or mine. <laughs> Which I should know familiarly if you think about it. <laughs> Right. (laughs) Well, I'm going to let you go, Mother. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love you. you. Love you, too. And this concludes my interview with my mother, the season two finale. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, As I said earlier, I don't know that I will come back for season three. So I would just love your feedback. Um, if you'd like to visit me at thereareno.niceguys.com, there is a contact form. You can fill it out. You can let me know. Do you want me to come back? Do you have suggestions? Do you have ideas? Do you want to be on the show? Do you want to suggest someone be on the show? Do you want to suggest a topic? So love your feedback. Um, this season, we talked about being sexy. Those were like my favorite episodes, being sexy like a burlesque dancer, being sexy like a boudoir photography model, being sexy with your voice and your storytelling techniques. We talked about breaking up during a pandemic. We talked about dating black men and why is that such a thing? And we talked about divorce, dating after divorce. So I hope you have enjoyed the season. I enjoyed putting it together and I really, really have to thank all of my guests who were on this season and provided such great advice and tips and inspiration and motivation and insight. And I hope that all of us who are single women are embracing our lifestyle, our choices, and are just loving ourselves. Again, thanks for listening to There Are No Nice Guys, a podcast about divorce, dating, and sex. And what happens when single women realize there are no nice guys? I really appreciate your company. I appreciate you listening. Again, visit me at my website, therearenoniceguys.com. Freak, 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 freak.